So, so Rem goes, well, uh, Joseph Stalin um, in the old Soviet Union used to require that everybody vote. And if they didn't, they would disappear into the Siberian tundra. And the best he ever got was 96%. <laughs> Buckle up. You're listening to Terminal Exchange. I'm Philip Adams, and this is episode 11 of Terminal Exchange. You know the show, uh, Family Feud, the game show where two families compete against each other in a battle of knowledge on popular opinion. Uh, The one where the host poses the question, we asked 100 people to name something slow. Now, with trucking in mind, news bomb may actually come to the top of your mind there as an answer, Uh, but... uh, you know, all fun aside and everything there, while, while Family Feud does provide fun and generally useless survey results, you know, think back to the last survey that you answered. Now, did you answer a series of questions to, to view a web article or, or a YouTube video? Was it for some college kid's research paper? Maybe you filled out one uh, at, at church or work or for your child's homework. Whatever the case, uh, these surveys were conducted for a purpose. Someone wanted to collect data from a sampling of people to form some sort of opinion. Uh, why do businesses develop surveys for their customers or, or their employees? How do they elicit useful feedback? How much thought and effort goes into the creation of the questions? And how many questions should the survey even be? And how do you, as the survey responder, benefit from taking your valuable time to fill out a few or maybe a bunch of questions? And is there a science to it all? Well, for the past few years, Newsbomb has conducted a yearly survey of all our employees. And today, I've got the masterminds behind those surveys with us. Uh, so I'd like to welcome here to uh, Terminal Exchange. We've got uh, Jay Green and Quentin Barrett from uh, People Element. And also sitting here with me is Jeremy Stickling. So first off, uh, let's just start off with, with People Element, what you guys do uh, in surveys. This is definitely uh, this is definitely Jay's question here. So, uh, well, well, first I'll, I'll set the table. Uh, you know, People Element celebrating our thirty-first year. Congratulations! We're, uh, thank you. Yeah, we're uh, we're based in Denver. Uh, for actually the majority of our years of existence, we were called uh, strategic programs. Mm-hmm. Um, however, our, our founder passed away a few years ago, and. Um, some of our coworkers purchased the company, and we all wanted to change the name to something more relevant to what we do. And we focus on the people element in companies, so it was a, a you know the name worked really well, obviously. Um, but we uh, we kind of have two parts of our business: one, we're a single source provider for all survey and assessment research throughout the employee, or oftentimes in trucking contractor as well, uh, life cycle. So really, before someone walks in the door, to all the way when they uh, when they walk mm-hmm. out. Uh, the uh, all, all the surveys we do are reported out in real time, and our job really on the back end of this is to help our clients take action. And uh, Newsbomb is an A-plus student when it comes to that compared to some of the other ones we have to uh, uh, work with. But uh, we do try to provide some tools and resources to help those that might not be as, uh, as adept with that. Uh, so, um, so kind of the uh, the survey piece and the consultative to to get feedback, and really our goal is to help drive some sort of meaningful change in the uh, in the companies that that work with us, and we hopefully can make it a pretty simple process and easy to do along the way. 
It's pretty polished. You can see he does that that little bit <laughs> a, fair, a fair amount. That was good. <laughs> um, I was going to say, too, that these guys are here this week just for a little bit more context. Yeah. When the results are done, they don't just send us the results and have us go through them and find our own meaning. So, and then leave it up to a guy like uh, myself to be the sole mouthpiece. So what they're, why they're here today, we found some time for a podcast here, but they came to share what they are seeing from the survey. Not my own bias, not, they go through, they pull stuff out, um, and then they present results to the folks on site here. Um, so it's not a, a mouthpiece like me. So mm-hmm. that's why they're here. Um, we're, uh, we're about halfway through those presentations and more to go, but um, we like it when they, they come out. It's always uh, fascinating, and I always think these surveys are a time for insecurity and uh, <laughs> so, things like that. Well, and it, not every company we work with is willing to share results the way NewsBomb is as well, and I think that's also mm-hmm. part of the reason why we see such good results in working with you guys because, it, quite frankly, it's a lot of times this stuff is – sort of kept behind closed doors, closed to the vest for whatever reason. I think at a high level, people do try to communicate, hey, we found this and we're going to do this. But as far as for sharing it with managers, part of our process is to make that possible. And plenty of our clients do that. Uh, it's just unfortunate some are still holding on to this antiquated approach of not sharing the data. Yeah. It's just it's tough to make results when that happens. It's not, it's not abnormal at all for HR to hold on to the data and, and sort of use it behind the scenes, but if, if everyone else doesn't see the results and if we're not a good, doing a good job communicating this out to the, the employees, then you're just not going to have the best results. So mm-hmm. um, NewsBomb does a, a better job than most uh, get, getting the word out at least. So we want our drivers to survey us, so we want to know what people think about us, but we don't want to tell the people what they think about us. That, that type of thinking seems a little foreign. <laughs> yeah, it is. But. It is bizarre. And, uh, it, you know, we work... Uh, well, trucking's been very kind to us, and we've partnered with 43 of the transport topics, top 100 in our existence. Typically, you know, fleets with a couple hundred trucks or more, and usually nothing smaller than that. But uh, in, in that experience, we also work with a lot of large organizations and even some small organizations in a lot of different industries. And, it, yeah, it's still, there's a lot of that going on. But it, there's, there's definitely what we see as far as execution, as far as levels of engagement, as far as high turnover, low turnover, et cetera. The, the best results are when data is shared and people are open and transparent. So I wish everybody else would get on board. <laughs> <laughs> so before, without going into too deep of detail about our survey yet um, that, that Newsbomb has conducted. Can you tell us, uh, maybe Jeremy help out here a little bit, but uh, walk us through what our survey uh, is, what the, what the purpose of it is, what kind of questions we're asking, and what we're hoping to get out of that? Uh, well, with an engagement survey, we want to do two things. We want to first measure engagement, obviously. We want to figure out what level of engagement Newsbomb has. Uh, we want to do that in comparison to other like organizations that we work with as well, but not just a measure of engagement. Jay and I were talking about this earlier, and we can give you, uh, we can say, you know, NewsBomb is 80% engaged, and maybe that's helpful, but but what's really helpful is that we ask a lot of other questions that, that can help us determine what drives engagement. So we cannot just say, look, NewsBomb is 80% engaged, but we can say these are the little questions that we ask around, you know, the culture or, or, or the climate at NewsBomb. These are the things that you can push in the right direction and, and engagement will go up. So that's really what we're trying to do when we run these surveys. And I think the, the term engagement is oftentimes misunderstood. And ultimately what 
so someone who takes one of our surveys isn't aware of is there's, there's six of the questions are actually making up what we call an engagement index that measures someone's intention to stay with the company, their um, kind of like their uh, emotional connection and how they're feeling, uh, their commitment. What does one of those questions sound like? Uh, so something like, I, I'm proud to work for Newsbomb. Okay. Uh, that type of a question. Uh, you know, I don't plan on looking for a job elsewhere, those sort of things. Uh, and, and so we combine that to make the engagement index, which is in turn how we can give a percentage of engagement which is drastically higher here than we've seen at uh, some other places. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> and it's always fun to see because everybody always wonders. I feel like we, sh we show them the engagement index. They see those six questions, and they're thinking, does, does that really measure engagement? It's always, I, I never get tired of seeing people's faces when you show them the results broken out by people who are disengaged versus people like groups. Obviously, this is a confidential survey, but you can look at them as a group of disengaged people and a group of engaged people. And it doesn't just measure those six questions, just across the board. If you have a higher engagement level, you, you have higher perceptions around everything. Um, culture, climate, mm -hmm. communication, leadership. Um, engagement has a lot of positive impact. So now, I, if I'm not mistaken, the, these surveys uh, are done on a scale of one to five as far as your, your answers to these questions here. Why one to five? Why not one to ten or some other figure or, or a strongly agree, disagree? So yeah, this is, this is one of these questions where there's a, there's a really easy, straightforward answer and then there's a complicated, <laughs> long answer. So I'm going to give the straightforward one and then maybe he can summarize the, the other one. But, but the, the long story short is there's a guy named Dr. Likert who studied sort of response scales. And for this type of survey we're doing, five point really helps the distribution. Again, the short story is it's been proven and found to be a best practice. That's a simple answer. Dr. Liker. <laughs> Doctor, that sounds made up, doesn't it? I know, it does. It's really his name, though. I thought for sure you just pulled that out of your pocket. Yeah, L-I-K-E-R-T. Yeah, you can read all about them. They're really, you know, there's no sense in making it complex. You're just looking to find that sweet spot between giving you enough variance to where you can show incremental change over the years as opposed to something that's, uh, let's say, I, this is not made up. I've seen clients that have old surveys they use where it was uh, a dichotomous scale. So they had a lot of questions that were yes, no, or true, false. Mm -hmm. Well, how do you see if you've made improvements with the scale? So like, dichotomous is yes, no, true, false? Yes, yeah, like one or two, two answers. Yeah. So, two like choices. A, so not a stomach issue, but it's a... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right, right, right. Because well, Maybe both. In, in a survey, uh, you, your answer issues. might be maybe or sometimes or, well, I, I kind of agree with that, but I kind of don't as well, and but I kind of more don't than I do. But there's times that I do. You know, well, that's a two. <laughs> so you can see getting data that you can use. If if we had a, a survey that was true false, that's going to be hard to show uh, improvement over the years. Instead, we have this one to five scale where it's really easy. Just just one is strongly disagree, five is strongly agree, and Jeremy can attest that I've been here for three years myself. Jay even longer. We see incremental improvement over the past three years. So your next question might be. Well, why don't we just use a 1 to 10 scale? Wouldn't mm -hmm. that give us more of a variance? Yep. Well, you're trying to find that sweet spot, right? Because if, if imagine you have all these drivers, 400 drivers, and uh, they're answering 60-something questions, and each question is on a scale of 1 to 10, that's a little rough, you mm -hmm. know? We, you might have some sort of survey fatigue. So the sweet spot to give you the variance you need and to also uh, give you the, 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 um, give the participants uh, a good experience is that one to five lacquers go. Mm -hmm. So I, I know as, as a survey taker, uh, there's a lot of times I want to qualify my answer, you know, my response there. I might give it a three or a four, but it's like, but I, if it was only considering this one thing, it might actually only be a one or a two. 
how how do you form the questions or or try to um, still weed through those sorts of feelings uh, through the course of a survey? So I'll I'll tackle this first. I guess I like to think of. You know, you can only ask so many questions in a survey. We, I, I could make a 200-question survey for Newsbomb, and you guys could run that every year. It's not a best practice, right? <laughs> but we would definitely cover more, more of our bases. So I like to think we do our, our due diligence to ask the questions that we think we're supposed to ask. And anything that falls through the cracks, any sort of qualifier like that, any sort of supplemental information that we don't have a question that taps in directly to that, our net are the open-ended questions we ask. Right. So we might miss some little specific thing, but that's why we have those open-ended questions. We ask things like, what's the best thing about working at Newsbomb, or, or what can most improve Newsbomb as a place to work? If we don't hit it in that one to five scale, there's going to be a group of people that will talk about it down there. And then next year, maybe we add that as a, as a question on that Likert scale. From time to time, a client will ask, uh, hey, we want some more information about that. So, for example, if, uh, if people are scoring a certain item low, we might know, hey, uh, then we should ask a follow-up question to get some qualitative right. data. So sometimes a client will add that. Sometimes we know in advance we should add that. So there's some, some you know, you have some, sense. yeah, that can happen. It's just you just can't do that for every question. Right. It would just get ridiculously long. Is, is there any trick to how you phrase the questions? Like, is there any science behind that? Um, yeah, there's, uh, I mean, our, there's just validation studies for this. And so, I mean, this, this is where you can get really nerdy. And so we actually have this several page handout. So it's like, it's like the science behind our surveys or something like that. And it's, it, it goes into detail some of that. But there's, was it factor analysis and all these types of things you studied in graduate school, I bet, yep. but <laughs> that, that help you do that. I mean, in general, our surveys, we try to ask positive statements. Uh, we try to make them you know, short and to the point, but we also want to make sure people understand who we're asking. So if there's like a category and we're asking about an immediate supervisor, we might define, oh, this is the person you that does your performance review or something mm-hmm. like that. So people know who we're talking about, and it's not open for interpretation. What's and, uh, Since you mentioned asking positive questions, what's the, I'm assuming there's some psychology involved in doing that versus asking negative uh, hey, we questions. want to get only positive answers, right? I mean, it's pretty. But, but like asking yeah. the question, like uh, you know, I, I feel like my manager um, properly, you know, supports me, mm-hmm. uh, versus you know, I feel like I'm not being given enough to to do. Like just kind of reworking that question towards a positive statement versus a negative. What's what's kind of the psychology there? It's funny. We we just had one of your employees in the last group we presented to, and he goes. Well, why don't we ask negative questions? And I said, like, like what? You know, and I said, like, we have a question that says, I trust my driver manager. Um, let's just make that negative. Uh, I don't trust my driver manager. Mm-hmm. Or let's be, be crazy. I, don't, I hate my driver manager, right? And I said, it's just a negative experience. You know, you're almost asking for something negative. And, it, and we don't, we don't want to give them a negative experience when they're taking the survey. When they're taking the survey, if you give them that positive statement and they have a negative thought about it, they're going to look at that scale and they're going to pick, I disagree or I strongly disagree with that, right? But you don't want to start off in that negative headspace. I just don't, that's just not a best practice for anyone. And then from a reporting standpoint, we try to sort of give people a bar for improvement so they can improve something every year. It's, it's a much more complicated issue to go from one direction it's, to the next. And it's probably, so. it probably looks better to say that, you know, this, the driver managers are more trusted and rather than less hated. Yeah. As well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then uh, you know, again, it, it kind of boils down to on the on the back end of this. Hey, we scored X last year. Let's score Y next year. There's there's always bar for improvement, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, this way a high score is good, low score is bad. Very easy to understand. And when you pick a direction of a question, I, I've heard it said 
all the questions go the same direction, so you get more consistency with answers. You can capture real thoughts if they're all going the same direction. Yeah, I think there's there's definitely some different schools of thought out there around that. I know my, my father ran a school of social work PhD program and asked why <laughs> we didn't do this. And I said, well, look at the research on employee surveys, but, but different than the type you're doing. And then there was his answer. <laughs> <laughs> and just general, I mean, when you, when you look at the data, uh, y- you have items that, like, I trust my driver manager, I like the type of work I do here, and then you have an item, and this is a real item that I've seen, I won't name any names, I've seen a different client had with the survey. Um, I think some of my coworkers are on drugs, right? Seriously? So, <laughs> that's, wow, a real, yeah. that's a real item, right? So <laughs> when I was reading... Kind of breaks the they, flow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So they hired us and they said, here, we want historical data and we want you guys to look at this survey, and I'm reading it, and I thought it was a joke, I thought they were kidding with me, and I said, well, how did you guys report this out? And then they, they showed me their results. And I said, the coding's not even reversed. So a four and a five for this would be really bad. You know, a four and a five for I think my coworkers are doing drugs would be a negative thing. Right. As opposed to I trust my driver manager, it's a positive thing. So, again, like, like Jay said, there, there are different schools of thoughts, but we want to keep it consistent. We want to keep it in, in that positive direction, and it makes the output so much more valuable yeah. for you guys. Is, is there a happy medium for length of a survey, especially in an engagement survey here? Now, you mentioned being able to do 200, but I assume you, you're going to need more than 10 questions, but you don't want to go into that super lengthy, get super, super detailed. It, it, yeah, I, we get requests all the time, oh, can we do a shorter survey? It, it, the, the answer is sure, but then there's some downsides with that. So, for example, if we only did our six-question uh, engagement index, and that was it, just measured engagement, it, then the so what, right? Like, you don't know what's driving it, you don't know what's doing it. If we asked, uh, hey, uh, is you know, Bob a good manager, is Mary a bad manager, and we had data, something like that, that came back that said Bob's good, Mary's bad, well, we don't understand why Bob is good or why Mary's perceived as bad. There's not enough data there with it. So we try to ask enough of the right questions. And I think through the years, we've even tried to shorten the length of ours. We still have some clients that push back and want more. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do. It does seem like in general the industry is getting less and less. But there is such thing that's called raider fatigue. And that when people start getting into that, you know, 70, 80 question thing, it's, it's, it, 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 it's real and it happens. And uh, we, we, have a, we maintain a pretty high completion rate of people who start that, that complete all the way through. Yeah. And so we try to keep it a good mix. Well, I know even for me, it didn't take long to, to fill that out. But I've been seeing more and more here as I like, you know, get on an article online where in order to read this, you need to fill out this survey or you know, YouTube has introduced them as well. But I've been seeing more and more where it's only just one question. Used to, there was a whole series of questions. It was like, it's not worth it just to go watch this silly video or something. But are, are companies getting benefit out of just asking one question? There's, it kind of depends on the question. I mean, here at NewsPom, you guys ask a, what's called a net promoter score question on the Pulse survey pretty frequently, and that's sort of a, an accepted best practice And it's because then it gives you some comment data to follow up with as well so mm-hmm. you can understand why someone might score the way they did. There has been some, uh, some new technology in our industry. They, they haven't come into trucking, but sort of in the grander scheme of, I guess, quote, competitors that we see in our industry, there are some that do these like, there's like a daily question and you like rate it with a smiley face. And it, what, but in my experience and talking to the companies that go through this, it's just too much data for them. And it's just, mm-hmm. they're like overwhelmed. And in fact, at a conference I went to, an HR conference last summer, uh, Dish Network, a big TV mm-hmm. provider, presented that they went and tried this 
because they had too much data from their annual survey, and it was, took them too long to react because it was too much data. So then they did this wonderful daily thing. Well, that didn't work. So they went weekly. Well, that didn't work. So then they went monthly. That didn't work. Then they went quarterly. The moral of the story is they went back to doing the annual engagement survey, but just took a different approach sure. in how they digested it. <laughs> So uh, it, what's interesting to me is the timing of this. Just uh, in last week's podcast episode, we uh, talked with our sales team and, and their efforts to work on bad lanes. And we have at the end of each uh, load assignment, whenever a driver completes it, they get to choose and do a rating of good or bad. It's just that simple, just two questions. Now, they have the opportunity to then follow it up with you know any comments that they that they put want to put in there to qualify their their response, but I know that the sales team at one point decided for us bad is anything that's not more or less perfect or expected. So that's why they they went that route. But does that seem like an effective use case for for a dichotomous uh, response? Yeah, I mean I think there's a time and a place for it, and with with that it's something so specific. And you you want it to be quick, just like the poll surveys. It's we're we're we're, we're tracking something very specific. We're we're tracking a net promoter score, so we can have our scale be a little different, as opposed to an engagement survey, where yeah, we could just uh, survey with these six items and tell you what your engagement level is, but we would have no idea what drives that engagement level if we don't supplement it with these other questions, right? But the, you don't you don't have that problem with with what you're talking mm-hmm. about there, so. Just a quick context, too. So the Pulse survey that Quentin was mentioning, yeah. um, we do uh, about a dozen or so questions quarterly. I think April, July, October is when those roll. And then the big annuals we collect in January. But just a quick comment. And so some of those questions might look a little different than what's on the annual. Yeah. And as far as those questions, those change from one quarter to the next, or those stay the same each, each quarter? You might see a couple vary. I'd say there's a core eight or ten, so we get some uh, trending of ourselves in some of those areas. Yeah. yeah, a lot of our clients we use the pulse surveys to, as a sort of measuring stick to make sure what they acted on, and so some some of them, uh, it, it is just completely different questions every quarter. Some, I mean, Newspom has some very specific things they're trying to measure and do, and that's I think what's driving the, the eight yeah. to ten. So. Mm-hmm. so, as a survey taker. Why? And obviously, we can talk specifically on engagement survey, and so maybe we we stick with that. But why should I think it it's beneficial for me to take my time to fill this out? What what should I be expecting in return? Ultimately, should there be an expectation there? Well, I mean, yeah, I think there should. I mean, it, it goes back to why we measure engagement. The, the 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 reasons we measure engagement is because it relates to job satisfaction. I mean, that speaks for itself, right? If you give your open, honest feedback and engagement survey and we see that we need to work on job satisfaction to, to improve engagement, well, then that's going to benefit you, right? It relates to commitment, effort, intention to stay. So in general, you want to take time as, as a driver, as an employee, to, to really think and to give uh, uh, open and honest communication because they're you know, if, if you have a company like Nussbaum, they're going to use this to make your job better. That's the whole point. Happier employees, more engaged employees are happier across the board. They're not just intending to stay a little longer. They're not just ha- have better job satisfaction. 
everything's better for them. That's just that's just the, what, what the data shows. Yeah, there's, there's times where some companies have struggled in getting participation before. Uh, there's times where they've, they sort of just do surveys and nobody does anything with the data. And I, I think some employees sometimes come in with a, a little bit of a jaded viewpoint where maybe they've been somewhere before and, oh yeah, we did these surveys, nobody ever does anything with them. I don't even know why I waste my time. And I, I, you know, obviously that's gonna create a problem. And so I, I think Newspelm's always had really strong participation as, in, in regards to that as, I, I mean, I know for five years now, we keep seeing the scores getting better. I think people understand that uh, that they give feedback and they're, and they're and they're listened to. It, at least the, the data sure looks that way. <laughs> so what's the participation rate again? Yeah, Newsbomb this year was eighty nine percent. I knew the answer. I just uh, asked. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but we, uh, so Jeremy, you don't even know. Well, we've been Qu- Quentin joked in our last meeting that we've been shaming you guys because you know you went down from like ninety two. I think the the all time oh, high yeah. was ninety four. Yeah. I feel like they're not picking up on the joke though. People are like, I'll shame them, and they're like. We'll do better next year. You know, you know that's 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 kind of the general feeling I'm getting from them. But yeah, 89 percent, as opposed to 92. That's it's, that's it's not so even an A important. anymore. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, now we you guys got, are we a B plus. Yeah, yeah. Oh, now for 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 what we're talking about, it's pretty inconsequential. To you guys had some growth that was yeah. there that that wasn't in the past. But it's I mean, well above average. To right? put it in perspective, Newsbaum holds the record for any trucking company that we've done an engagement survey. Uh, for uh, not only an engagement uh, index, but also participation. Uh, the highest I've ever seen, I've been doing this for eight years uh, at People Element, the, the highest I ever saw was 97%. Uh, and then we, I had one this past year was 95% non-trucking. Um, uh, so however, in trucking, it's, uh, it's, it's very good. You don't want to force people to take a survey. You don't want to shame them into taking the survey. <laughs> do, it, do it anyway. <laughs> uh, you don't want to incentivize people, and this comes up a lot. Oh, should we yeah. offer incentives? And, and what happens when, it, when we found, I mean, we've had clients that we said, no, don't do it. No, 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 we're going to do it anyway. It, we have to throw out a lot of the data because people just went in and you know, one, 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 one. Cool, give me my Starbucks gift card. I'm mm-hmm. out. That doesn't help anybody. Yeah, that's useless. Yeah, and then uh, you know I've heard of stories of oh well, these guys didn't take the survey. You should call them and and have them participate. What list of best practices is that on? So there's there's some things like that that I I really like to use. uh, So Rem was the founder of the company initially, right? The late um, Rem Yerkes. But um, when we started doing this, um, he said it this way. I think we had 94% participation that year. Yeah, Brent was frustrated. Why? He goes, I think we should have 100%. Why can't we get 100%? Everyone should want to take this survey. <laughs> so so Rem goes, well, uh, Joseph Stalin um, in the old Soviet Union used to require that everybody vote. And if they didn't, they would disappear into the Siberian tundra. And the best he ever got was 96%. <laughs> so so that, that, one's always, that one's always stuck with me. Yeah, yeah, we are. We aren't. Uh, we aren't doing anything like that, you know. And so, you know, still get ninety percent. So, uh, um, so you mentioned kind of different uh, industries here. Describe some of the differences when you're talking about that engagement. You know, the survey participation rate and the the challenges for trucking industry versus, say, um, medical or retail or what have you. 
Yeah, trucking has uh, well, well, it, trucking has some similarities with, say, like healthcare. Whereas the the sort of big, like in healthcare, your big workforce are your clinicians, right, and your nurses. Doctors oftentimes aren't employees in some of the health systems we work in, although that's been changing the past few years. Uh, but your you know, phlebotomists, people like that, they've gone to school, they've gone out of their way to get this certification, to get this education, do it much as a driver. They've gone to school to get their CDL. So they have that in common. Uh, they're not sitting in front of a computer every day. They're out servicing and, and, and helping things to, to move the business forward. And, uh, and those populations are tough to collect data from. Uh, in general, what we found, and I think was surprising to me when I first started, is that the, the, the driving population seems pretty, they, they like their jobs for the most part. I mean, they, they enjoy driving. And if, I know I've talked with drivers before, they see their connection to the supply chain and how it makes a difference in everybody's lives. I mean, you don't realize how much stuff came from a truck until you really think about it. And, uh, uh, and, and there's certain industries that are less engaged than others as well. I mean, some of these hourly type jobs that are a higher turnover, they're not, really a, they're not really a career, right? Truck driving is a career. So you can be a professional driver. And you can retire a professional driver, mm-hmm. but it's not very often that you're going to start at Subway and then end at Subway. No, no right. dogging on Subway, but maybe it's any sandwich shop no. or retail type experience <clears throat> like that. Um, and, and then sometimes we see that in like uh, some other industries, like manufacturing has been really big for us as well. The hourly populations, oftentimes English is a second language. Uh, there's some barriers and challenges to mm. getting that data and, and, and to having an engaged workforce, just even with just the cultural differences and who's in management and who's not. Sure. And before we talk into some of our results here, um, conducting the survey, we had uh, able to go in online and fill out, but you had to conduct a bunch of phone inter- interviews as well with, with drivers. Um, how do you go through that process of having somebody on the phone collecting answers without kind of leaning, or, you know, getting a driver to lean a certain way or, or anything? You know, how do you kind of handle that? Yeah, that's uh, it's a, it's a good question because there's certainly some companies that, that have phone data collection that just outsource to a call center. And I think quality can be questionable. We're very focused on training our people in-house. Uh, I think the national call center turnover is 70%. Sure. I think uh, the, 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 we had someone retire from the call center not too long ago, but then two people came back. We need to replace one with two, do some growth. And, and two people that came back were people that I was, oh, I haven't seen you in five years. Yeah, I don't know why I left. My, <laughs> and so we have very, very low turnover in that call center. So we train them to to not be biased, to not ask leading questions, to maintain neutrality, try to maintain emotion. Um, don't don't want to like sympathize with somebody. So there's there's a, a bit of training they go through, and then we want to help them understand. Oh yeah, so hey, when we call a trucking company, you know, find out hey, oh, if it sounds like they're driving, ask them if they're driving, and the drivers are pretty respectful about that and keeping with the rules that the companies have. So. Mm-hmm. I think the biggest piece of it is having them in-house, like Jay said. I mean, these guys, yeah. they, they are collecting data in the same office that he and I are working in. We could walk down the hallway and talk to one of them. So they're, they're trained in-house, they're trained on our surveys, and they're not going outside of those parameters, really. So you might have a category like immediate supervisor, and it has a descriptor beside it that says, this is the person who manages your day-to-day activities. They're, that's the definition. The, these, these call center representatives, they're not going to add their own definition. They're not going to explain that. They're going to re- remain objective, stick to that survey. Uh, and like I said, I, I think it's just it works out really, really well because 
they can get immediate feedback. They're right there beside us. So let's switch gears and move into talking about some of our survey results here and what jumped out to you guys. Uh, what are some of the things that we should be excited about? I made them <clears throat> promise not to be too patronizing or, you know, <laughs> so we'll, we'll see. Yeah, it, you know. We're going to try. We both. So there's, there's, there's two pieces to this, as we were talking about earlier. There's the quantitative data and the qualitative. I'm going to let Quentin get into what, you know, the specifics of it is, is that's part of his job from a, a consultative perspective. But just reading the comments, uh, you get a good sense of NewsBomb, and I've been coming here for five years now, and uh, it's just amazing you just hear the people, the, the family feel. Uh, just if people feel included. They feel like they're a part of something uh, more so than I see in a lot of other trucking companies. It's a lot of disconnect oftentimes in that just because of the nature of the job, and NewsBomb's done a really good job of promoting it. But... It all starts at the top, and you've got great leadership with Brent and his desire to want to do this. I mean, I, we were laughing with one of the groups. We've had plenty of people who would just tongue it up and said, well, we can't get any better. That's good. Thank you. We're, we're good. And then move on, and that's never the attitude here. Brent's still looking for 100% participation, so. <laughs> I, I think I think Brent's, Brent, I don't know. If we got 100% participation and an average of five across the board, I, I, I think he'd want to see if we can do a six-point scale the next year. <laughs> <laughs> I say let's quit joking about it and just send one person to Siberia, and then after that, participation. <laughs> no more stuff. issues. Yeah. Just make an example out of them, really. Uh, the things that jumped out, guys, and, and, and again, there's, there's no way to say it without it sounding really good because it is engagement level. If we compare NewsBomb to a year's worth of engagement surveys for the other trucking, trucking companies we worked with, which are a lot, uh, we're NewsBomb's 12 points, 12% higher on engagement. Why is that important? Well, because it's what, it's what I said earlier, that the more engaged we are, the better the job is for everyone. Perceptions are higher across the board. So drivers, non-drivers, everybody wants the company to be more engaged because it makes the job better. Uh, that jumped out. Perception data overall, there's not one item that NewsBomb asked that we have in common with our other trucking clients that we're not above on, that, that you're not above the industry standard on. Not one item. They're all a little bit above, at least. Uh, and I think, I said this in a presentation earlier, I think the thing that stood out the most was the qualitative data, just like, just like Jay said, the comments. I don't know that I've read more comments uh, uh, where people said, you know, you, you might ask them, hey, what could improve? And tons of comments are just, hey, things are great, we love working here. Or somebody might say, you know what, uh, maybe we could do a better job communicating, but I love it here, right? So there were there was a lot of uh, a lot of comments where, where people were just complimenting the organization, which it, it, I say it stands out because um, it's anecdotally it's abnormal. Hmm. You know, usually if you ask a question like that, they're going to give it to you, and uh, a lot of people here had a lot of nice things to say. Yeah, and one of the most rewarding things too is that we hear from the executive team what they're going to focus on what they're going to work on. So, for example, um, uh, trying to work on duration of home time and trying to uh, deal with some of the challenges that just naturally come into play in this industry with that. I, I mean, I've had a lot of trucking executives over the years look at that. Well, that's our business model doesn't work that way. And so they discount it, move on to the next thing. Well, we got to work with something we can control. That's our customers. No, that's our freight network. No, no, no. And we never hear excuse making from the leadership team. And then there we go. What do we see right up on our you know scores that improved the most from one year to the next? Was uh, it was the duration of home time? I think or it was, was the, uh, 
payroll settlements being well, easy the, to understand. Yeah, I think. easy. But then number two was a. Uh, it was home, home time, time related. I don't think it was duration specifically. I, I'm getting into the weeds here. But yeah. I think it was Noose Bomb balances my, um, good, does a good job taking care of my home time needs when they, or something of that yeah, nature. So, yeah. Point being is it was something you guys focused on, all three of the, the top ones. Of course, you know, we have our cheat sheets in the other room, but <laughs> all of us. Um, but uh, but that's, that's a couple things that strike me as we hear the year before, hey, we're going to work on this. And then we come back the next year and we see that you have worked on it and have improved. And that's, uh, I, it's rewarding in our line of work. So I hope it translates down. So, And we, are, we always say it's good, to, it's good to look at benchmark data. It's always good to look at how you compare it to other people in the industry. But uh, our best practice is use internal benchmarks. Use yourself as a benchmark. What's, mm -hmm. what's Newsbomb's average this year? And then what can we do to push that in the right direction as far as what drives engagement? That's where you're going to get the most value. And I think it would be really easy to say, hey, we have 89% favorable data here. We're doing good. I hope we have that, that much next year. Uh, but I think where you get the most value is saying 89% favorable? What's below that? Which categories are below 89%? Let's see if we can get them up into that 90% uh, favorable percentile. So I, I, the three years that I've worked with these guys, that seems to be the goal. Uh, and perceptions have reflected it. It's, it's gone up year over year. Yeah, I don't know if it was this morning or earlier in this podcast, I think you were saying too, transport topics top 100, mm -hmm. working relationship of some kind with... I think you said something about yeah, like 63s. We've, we've worked with 43 of, 43 the, I was say 40 of the top 100. Yeah. Yeah, yep. it, Sorry, my number was way bigger, so it, yeah. I inflated it. <laughs> means means <laughs> well, we run with <laughs> This is marketing now. Yeah. So, so, so working relationships, 43 of the, uh, the top 100, yeah. just for a gauge there. So... Um, where do we grade out? Yeah, uh, News Bomb, I've, I, I, I think I used the word freak show this morning in, <laughs> in a completely positive light um, because uh, I just I haven't seen anything like it, and it's, uh, it's amazing. And I'm not trying to toot horns, but if I was a driver, I, I, don't, know why, I don't know how you would think it would be better elsewhere um, because it's not, at least in the, the data I've seen. Um, I think there's some people trying, and there's certainly pockets of other organizations that can hit home runs, but this is, uh, this is an A-plus organization. So average question score, favorability ratings, I'll, I'll corner you on it. Have you seen a trucking company score higher than us? No. You said you didn't want us to pay. I, I was going to say, Jeremy said he didn't want to yeah, Okay, except for that one little point. You were point. skirting and trying well, not I, to. I, well, yesterday when he said that, I said, hey, you know, I was like, it's, I mean, we're going to have to lie if we're, if we're not going to, you know, patronize you. Because the, the reality here is you have really healthy scores. There's, uh, compared to other trucking companies, this is just uh, this is a, a diamond. Nobody we work with. Uh, I know no trucking company. I don't know that we work with any any company in any industry for an engagement survey that has 89% favorability. No, no. I think it's the highest across all industries we work with. So you're talking about a lot of healthcare, a lot of manufacturing, sales, and a ton of trucking. 89% favorability, as far as I know, is, is, is the record at this point. Really? Yep. So lest anybody think that we, we feel like we, we're sitting on the mountaintop here and have it all together, I, I do want to talk a couple of things that we can be working on. So uh, Jeremy, from, from the HR perspective here and, and reading these results, what, what are some things that currently we have identified we can be working on or in the past have looked at and worked on uh, based on these results? Yep, so one question, um, well, a couple angles. 
Um, one thing, Jay already mentioned it, so we've moved the home time needle in the right direction a little bit, but it's still towards the bottom. So we aren't done working on that. And there's, there's things in place now and doubling down efforts, whether it's sales working on freight structure, whether it's driver managers working with driver preference, trying to yeah. do better at that. We grade ourselves on that. So that probably will be an area of focus coming out of this year. There's also career development. And we've worked, made some advances on that recently. That is from survey response, career development. There's, we look at best movers and we also look at lowest scores. And so um, career development, I think, is still in the lower section. Like Jay said, I don't have the cheat sheet in front of me right now. We're going to be digesting and, and putting together some action mm-hmm. plans. But um, how do we make the job more, th- in the trucking sense, more than a steering wheel holder? For the non-driving positions, where's my career going? Where's the fulfillment? And, and trying to do more to help with that kind of stuff. Um, and then things like wait times, times between customers, that's, that can be a chronic one. It's, it's mm-hmm. towards the bottom again this year. And whether, again, whether that's through working with customers, sales, freight structure, grading ourselves on that, trying to put more focus on that, um, that'll probably get some attention too. Just off the top of my head, um, there will be, as a takeaway from this, um, we'll do full presentation um, of the results to the drivers. They weren't able to make the on-sites, obviously, that we're right. doing today. Um, so we'll, we'll give a full, okay, here's where we're graded out good, um, here's where we are low, and, and some of that type of uh, information will be shared in more detail. Yeah. I also have noticed just there's some body of work types of things over the number of years. Um, and so, for example, I think back years ago to some of the and it struck me last year, one of your, uh, your, your techs in the shop even said it, hey, yeah, we, uh, we, we realized that, hey, it, it's, it's us and the drivers working together. And I, I don't know, I see that a lot of trucking companies, there's a lot of us against them. And I, I think it kind of clicked to some of those shop guys, oh yeah, hey, <laughs> we gotta scratch each other's backs here. And, and just, it, I, I've just sort of seen some of that change. I've seen engagement improve in, in those areas as well, uh, just because of that. Yeah, I mean, I was probably sound kind of smug because I had an idea where we ranked up on trucking companies. I didn't know it was like overall that that was new for me. But um, there's no there's no mic drop here. There's no um, I mentioned earlier, and I'm only half joking. We'll read through the comments, and you know, it's it's there's lots of insecurities as you read through the responses and, and comments and stuff. Um, but we want to move that forward, and if we ever move that needle backwards, even from where it's at now, we'll be disappointed. Um, yeah. It's not, hey, we're there, we arrived, we've got it. It's The focus is on, okay, where's the lowest part? Let's keep moving the bottom up. So. Well, to, your, to your point about the you know, sort of overall on engagement, um, I mean, I look at competitors of ours and look at some of their studies, and it's pretty consistent that, it, kind of to my point earlier, if, if, if it's a sort of a, 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 a profession or a job or a career that you sort of you, you learned a skill and then you're executing it, those tend to be higher engaged than, than the industries that are not. So trucking does tend to have a little bit higher degree of engagement than some other industries because of that. Yeah. And Jeremy talked about, you know, if perceptions fall a little bit, even if it's a little bit from 89% favorability, he would be a little disappointed. Well, I don't want to jinx you guys, so I'm, I'm going to do the same thing I did the last two years. As we walked out to our car for the last two years, I looked at Jay and I said, there's no way they get any higher than that. Perceptions aren't going to get higher than that. 
they, they're, they're bound to fall sooner or later. And for the past two years in a row, I've come back and they've been a little bit higher, incrementally higher. Uh, so just so you guys know, as we're walking out in the parking lot, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna stick with it. I'm gonna, <laughs> yeah. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna tell him they've topped out for sure this time. Yeah, his exact quote. I remember we get in the car and you were like, "Well, next year is nowhere for them to go, but down." I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> See, we are we aren't accepting that. No, we're, we're not. We're not challenge accepted. Yeah. yeah. They, they told us that last year. Somebody from yeah, uh, some of shop, your, I think. yeah. One of the one of the techs said that, and I mean that's that's the other thing that strikes me is you do have a, a workforce that takes this seriously, and everybody knows. And I, I love that you know the ESOPs come into play as well, and uh, there is a lot of ownership. And just again, reading the narrative and the comments, people feel that, and that becomes a. A part of them here, and that is engagement, right? That connection to the organization, feeling you're a part of it, and uh, a lot of companies wish they knew how to do that. And uh, Newsbomb's doing it; it's great. Yeah. Jay, for any of our other listeners, like companies and such, listening, uh, what's the best way for them to get in touch with you and and find out more about People Element? Yeah, uh, well, my direct line is three zero three. Three eight nine nine zero three two. Don't email. call that number. <laughs> <laughs> no, I. Uh, anyway, yeah, I, I'm not there all the time either. That's the other problem. Um, but uh, so give his home address out. You yeah. gotta stop. Actually, somebody try it. Seriously, yeah, somebody who's listening, just try it. Just, just you can give it. me a call. I'll, I'll talk. I've, I've had drivers call me. Um, and uh, but anyway, uh, we have, a, and then we have a we have a website, of course, peopleelement.com. There's forms, but you know, there's email too, Jay at peopleelement.com. And no, I'm not, I'm not shy about giving my number. <laughs> well, we might put that to the test here. So yeah, uh, that's fine. Good, good luck. That's fine. I'll I'll, I'll talk. And the seventh caller, like the talk. seventh caller gets what, Jay? Yeah. <laughs> A really long, drawn-out story. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Jay Quinton, thanks so much for taking time to uh, be with us this week and uh, sit down on this uh, episode here to, to let everybody know a little bit more about the science and art behind doing these surveys. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks. and I, I should have added all my calls are actually forwarded to Quentin's number. So. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> you really don't want that. Quentin just put it on Do Not Disturb. <laughs> Will do. Uh, thanks, guys. We appreciate it. Yep. Thank you. Thanks a lot. Thanks. been listening to Terminal Exchange, the official podcast show of Nussbaum Transportation. Nussbaum is an industry leader in over-the-road freight transportation. For more information on Nussbaum's award-winning truckload services and top-paying driving careers, go to Nussbaum.com or NussbaumJobs.com. Thanks for listening to this episode of Terminal Exchange. New episodes arrive every Tuesday, so be sure to subscribe to our show wherever you listen to podcasts and share a little love by writing us a review. Then, go deeper into each exchange or listen to previous episodes at our podcast page, TerminalExchange.org.